remind you what the angels said. The angels came to him and said, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They're just doing their thing out there being shepherds. And all of a sudden, angels, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Now, I want you to take note this morning. And that's what we're going to do for this whole month of December. Is we're going to let the words that these angels had to say to those shepherds really speak to us. And... Uh, let them be kind of the guiding verse for us uh, for this entire month. And uh, because of that, uh, I've, I've already highlighted, kind of set apart, and uh, highlighted uh, what the angels uh, said to them. So let's look at the next slide. And you see it there? So would you say that uh, with me, that first verse? You ready? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. All right. Now, I'm not sure that's exactly how the angels said it. Right? I mean, that, it, that's kind of what happens in our life, right? I mean, what happens in our life is like, I bring you good news of great joy. You think that's what it was? Holy cow, the skies are full of angels. And the angels say, yo, I bring you great news. Good news, great joy, fantastic stuff is happening for you today. Don't you think that's more like it? You see, that's what the angels were bringing. It wasn't just words about an event that was happening. They were bringing a new spirit of joy into the world. Look at those words again. It says, I bring you good news of great joy. You see that? doesn't say, I bring you good news of joy. I bring you good news of great joy. You see, whenever God does something, it's not regular. It's not minimum. He says, I'm going to do something that is awesome, overflowing, exciting, incredible. I'm going to bring you good news that is great joy. Not simple joy. You see, you and I can experience just on our own some of that kind of simple joy stuff. What the angels are telling the shepherds is, look, God is doing something in the world tonight, and what He's doing is great. It is fantastic. It is overwhelming. It is overflowing. And it is joy. And that's exactly what God not only brought into the world that night, but it's what He wants to bring into your world every single day. Notice the last half of what the angel said. It said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Do you qualify? You see that? What the angels did on that night, what they proclaimed, what they brought into the world, the news they brought into the world that night wasn't one of those things that was just for a select group. It wasn't just for a small segment. It wasn't just for one group of shepherds who were on a hillside at that particular moment and them only and nobody else. It is for all people of all time, of all generations, and you qualify. And notice, in those verses, there is also no time limit. 
The angels didn't appear in the sky and say to the shepherds, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people. But listen, it only starts after Thanksgiving. And then it goes for about four or five weeks. When January 2nd comes, you got to take it all down, put it in the box. Oh, and that great joy stuff, squeeze it in the box and put it on the shelf. And you can take it out next year right after Thanksgiving. Well, probably be two weeks before Thanksgiving next year, but you know what I mean? You see that? There's no time limit on it. The verse doesn't say it's only for a little bit. No, the angels are saying, look, I'm bringing you good news, and I'm bringing you great joy, and it's for all people of all generations, and it applies to every single day from here on out. It applies to every single day from here on out. The angels were announcing to those shepherds and to everybody who would listen from generations on, to you and I this morning, they are announcing the possibility is now there in your life that you can have great joy, 365. You can have in your life, you can experience in your life Great joy, 365. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Because for most of us, we got out into that world and we, we get our joy stolen away and it, and it gets pushed down. And, well, it becomes like how we all read that verse together there, right? And we forget we are a people to whom an incredible message has come of good news and that should produce in us great joy 365 that's what we're going to talk about all of December every Sunday in December, Christmas Eve too this is going to be our December theme we're going to talk about how do we experience exactly what the angels proclaimed how do we experience joy in our lives 365 days a year how does that happen for us and we need to have this experience and look at the elements of joy from the Scripture so we can, can bring that into our lives because the reality is we need it, right? Is there anybody in the room that needs a little more joy in their life? Okay, don't raise your hands. That's okay. But I'll raise mine. <laughs> Absolutely, right? And we're not alone in that. If we go into the Scriptures, right, the Apostle Paul's been teaching and preaching and establishing churches and, and he established the church in Galatia and, and boy they were excited and they received the news and it was great joy but by the time you get into the fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians Paul asks them a significant question he says in verse 15 what has happened to all your joy you see that that's an awesome question, isn't it? What's happened to all your joy? I mean, what, what, if you receive the good news of Jesus Christ, what has happened since the time that Jesus Christ came into your life and became the source of your what What's happened in your life? What's happened to the joy? The angels proclaimed to us, that this is good news of great joy. It is for all people, and it is for all time. It is something that we can experience 365. But we need to pause this time and say, where are we at in our joy? 
It's there for us, but are we exercising it? Psalm 5 reminds us, I'm going to give you two translations so you get it. Psalm 5 says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad, and let them ever sing for joy. I like the contemporary English version a little bit better. It says, Let all who run to you for protection always sing joyful songs. How, how often are they supposed to be singing joyfully? Always. Sounds like 365, doesn't it? 365. So the question is for this December, how's your joy? Where's your joy? Is it the joy that the angels proclaim and what God wants in your life? Because I can tell you, the angels can tell you, God wants to bring into your life incredible, overflowing joy. He wants you to know and experience great joy, 365. So let's understand, how does this happen then? Let's understand about joy for this month of December. And we'll start by, by a simple understanding. To, to figure out how do, we, how do we experience this great joy, 365, is, is to understand first a basic biblical principle that says joy is from the outside and it comes in, but once it's inside, it goes out. Did you get that? Joy comes to us from the outside and it comes in, but once it comes in, it has to find its way so that it goes out. Let me show you in Scripture, Job 8. Does anybody remember the book of Job, the good old Job? Yeah, was everything great in Job's life? I mean, he lived a life exceeding, I mean, right? Challenges. So we're talking about a real guy facing real life. And here's what Job understood about joy. In verse 21, he says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. The he, of course, is God, right? God will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Where does joy come from? Outside, right? It comes from outside. It comes from God and it flows into us. See, the reality is for us, if God is not part of our life, joy can only be minimal. It can only be this minimal thing that we try to produce when we have happy moments. The reality is, when God is not part of our lives, we are not prone to joy. We are prone to complain. Come on now, you tell me. Which is easier in your office life? To get your co-workers together and have them give you shouts of joy or complain? Am I right? You see, that's what comes out of us when Christ isn't working. What comes out in the natural in the old Adam is for us to be complainers and not joy seekers. Because joy isn't part of us from the beginning. It comes from the outside and it goes into us. It takes God to pour this joy into our life. It took angels to appear in the sky to bring it into these, these shepherds' lives on that first night. Isaiah confirms it. He understood it. If you go to Isaiah, and again, the you here is talking about God, right? He says... You have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. Who's doing the joy increasing? Well, God is, right? Not the people. God is. The people are receiving. And look at the kind of joy they receive. It's described with images. It says, They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as soldiers rejoice when dividing their plunder. See, it's great joy, isn't it? 
the way it works. Joy is something that God brings into us. It is something that God has to pour into our lives. The book of Acts, the disciples had the same experience. You go to Acts 13, simple verse, in the 52nd verse of 13, it says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What got poured into them? The Holy Spirit, obviously, but also joy. You see that? It got poured into them. See, it came from outside and it got poured into them. You see, if you're going to experience great joy, you have to understand it comes from outside of you. You have to be willing to receive it. You don't have the capacity inside of you to create great joy, only minimal joy. It has to come from outside of you. But once it comes from outside of you and it gets poured into you, then it pours outside. If you go into Galatians uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? That is the fruit of the Spirit. And joy is on the list, right? So joy is a fruit. Did you ever notice how apples come seemingly, somehow, miraculously out of trees? Right? I mean, they just come out. There's the apple. Pear. Come out. Grape, come out. You see, fruit just kind of comes out. Fruit just kind of comes out. <laughs> That's the way it is with exceeding great joy. Joy gets poured into us, and as God pours it into us, then it finds its way out into the lives of other people. Uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes was a member of the U.S. Supreme Court for 30 years, uh, just an extraordinary uh, guy on the court, obviously. And uh, at one point, uh, Justice Holmes explained about his career path, his career choice, and, and why he chose to go into law and everything. Um, he said this, I might have entered the ministry if a certain clergyman I knew had not looked and acted so much like an undertaker. What was the problem? Well, the joy may have been coming in, but it wasn't going out. Right? The joy may have been coming into this guy's life, but it wasn't going out. You see, this is the way great joy works. Great joy is something that comes from God, just like that announcement from the, from the angels. It comes from God. It gets poured into us. When it gets poured into us, it's got to come out of us. It has to find its way so that that joy lifts our lives up. And we walk on water. It lifts our lives up above the experiences that we have. It lifts our lives up so that others look at us and say, I want it. It lifts our lives up. Let me give you another example. There was a fellow named uh, Billy Bray. He was a uh, miner in uh, Cornwall, England back in 1794. And uh, Billy Bray, before Christ got into his life, was a pretty tough dude. Uh, you know, he, he drank a lot, was a drunker, and... Uh, he would get into fights and quarrels, and uh, he just had a pretty tough, tough life uh, as a miner, pretty worldly. Until finally, one day, the gospel was shared with him, and, and Christ just captured his life. 
he went home to his wife and he said to his wife, you'll never see me drink and drunk again uh, by the help of the Lord. And lo and behold, never happened. He never took another drop. In fact, Billy Bray got so excited about Christ that he would walk around town and he would just shout praises to the Lord. So this big minor guy who was rough, tough, and is, you know, before Christ's days, now Christ got a hold of his life, and now he's walking around the town, and as he walks around town, he just praises God out of nowhere. He'd just be walking through the town, and he'd say, praise the Lord, you know, he'd just praising God, right? Just flowing out of him. He'd just praise the Lord. Finally, some of the townspeople got a little kind of, you know, nervous about this whole Billy Bray walking around town and just kind of praising the Lord wherever he wanted and so they met with Billy, and they said, Billy, why don't you just tone it down some? Uh, you know, we're all happy for you. Your life got straightened out. But, um, you know, can't you just uh, tone it down uh, a little bit, and uh, it would make everybody a whole lot happier? Billy Bray responded to him. He said, I can't help it. God saved me, and I can't help it. When I put one foot down, it says, Hallelujah. And when I put down the other foot, it says, Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? Joy got poured in, and joy is poured out. The story goes on. It says, Billy, um, you know, just kind of overwhelmed him, and then they, they tried to really get him. And so they said, Billy, suppose you're mistaken. Suppose when you die, you find out you're, that you're not going to heaven, and after all of this, you end up in hell. Billy said, Praise God! I've been having a wonderful time with the Lord through all of my years of life. And Jesus has been good to me. And if I die and I go down to hell, then I'll be thankful for the joy of Jesus that He brought into my life. And, and I'll shout all over hell and they'll have to send me to heaven because they can't stand that kind of joy down there. Isn't that awesome? Joy got poured in and joy had to pour out. Why? Because it's great, exceeding, overwhelming, overflowing. You see, that joy lifted Billy Bray's life above everything else, everyone else who was living just a normal life. You get it? Joy is something that God pours into our life and when he does, when we receive it like those shepherds, it's got to get poured back out into an exceedingly joyful life. Joy, then. Joy, that kind of joy, how do we get it? Where is it? We know where it comes from. So, so how does it get into our life? Scripture would say joy is something then that happens to us when we rest in God's path and we rest in God's presence. We're going to discover that kind of joy, great exceeding joy, when we rest in God's path and when we rest in God's presence. It comes out of Psalm 16. Listen close to what Psalm 16 has to say. Psalm 16 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasure at your right hand. Now unpack the verse a little bit. You see the first phrase there? You make known to me the path of life. What is God revealing to this person? The way their life is supposed to go, right? 
the way their life is supposed to go. You see, you discover great joy when you get your life moving in the direction God wants you to go. Great joy can't get into your life if you're moving in a direction that is opposite to where God wants you to go. You can't, it can't happen. Why? Well, not only are you trying to do it all yourself, but you're working against the direction God wants you to go. That's not going to be great joy. That's going to be great frustration. You know, great joy happens when you let God take over your life and you let God set the course of your life. You let God set the path of your life. You step back and say, look, God, I, whatever you want. Great joy comes when we get our life moving in that direction that God determines and we stop trying to determine it for ourselves. You make known to me the path of life. Great joy comes when our life is moving in the direction and in sync with what God wants. What's it mean? Great joy is going to come when you just step back and give up and stop trying to manage every little detail in your life. How hard is that? I mean, isn't it overwhelming to manage every little detail of your life and worry about where tomorrow is going to lead you and what tomorrow is going to have or not have? And the psalmist says, step back and let God determine the path of your life. Your life is going to just move into a whole new level of joy when you let go of all that stuff. And you just say, God, you set the path. You are in control. My life now lives for you. The psalmist says, you get me on the right path, then what? You fill me with joy in your presence. You see, you get on the right path, and then God is going to be able to work in such a way in your life, you're going to see God. You're going to experience the presence of God. And i got to tell you, that's awesome. I mean, I'll give you an example. My own life. You know, I go visit people in, in all kinds of situations, and, and some of them are really tough, right? Uh, go to the hospital, certain people are facing challenges, difficult health kinds of issues, you know. Man, when I, you got to know, when I go to do that stuff, I start out with Psalm 16 saying, Lord, it's not about me, it's all about you. Whatever needs to happen here, you just use me however you need to. Because I know, I, I don't have the capacity to determine what's going to happen with, with these people's lives. Only God can. I, I can't do that. So i got to step back and say, God, this is all about you. And whatever your path is here, just use me on that path however it needs to be. Then I go meet with these folks, and I'm in the middle of the situation, and, I, and I'm doing things, and you know what happens? I start saying some things, and in, in the back of my head I'm saying, Whoa, that was pretty awesome. Where'd that come from? Because it's not me. I'm not that smart. You see what happens. I get in that situation and God does exactly what God says He's going to do and I get to see and notice the presence of God. I get to see and notice and experience and say, Whoa, God is working in this moment. This is awesome. And then when the moment's over and I'm walking back to my car, you know what I'm doing? Yes, go God. I am experiencing what? Lifted up great joy. Why? I was on the right path, and God was determining the path. And while I was on the path, I said, Man, 
God, I see you. You're there. You're working. You're doing. And when it was over, all I was left with, great joy. Humbling, great joy. See how it works? It gets poured in. It's got to come out. And it comes out when you get yourself on the path. And when you get yourself on the path where God wants you to go, you let Him take control. He's going to work. You're going to see His presence. And you're going to know the incredible great joy. And it's knowing that presence. The psalmist in in Psalm 43 says it this way. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. Who's His joy and delight? God is, right? You see that? The presence of God. You see, how awesome is it when you're going through your day and you notice that God is there and is doing something in your day? And you step back and say, wow, what joy. That's awesome. Jesus described it this way, John 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, get on his path. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be where? Poured into you. See that? May be in you. Poured into you. And that your joy may be complete, great, awesome, overflowing, incredible, joy 365. Joy gets poured in, it gets poured out. It happens when we let God set the path and we look for His presence. That means for you and I, if we're going to experience Joy 365, it is that we start every day and say, you know what? This is the Lord's day and I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose to let God be in control of my day. And we choose that today and we choose it every day. It comes out this way in Psalm 118. And you know this verse, so why don't you go ahead and say it with me, right? This day belongs to the Lord. Let's celebrate and be glad today. Let's try that again because we're a house of what? Great joy, aren't we? Didn't you, have you been listening to me? We're a house of great joy because God has poured it in. And when He pours it in, it gets poured out. And we all just said today, God, whatever you want with my life, there it is. You set the path. And I'm just excited because I'm going to see God work through me. Humbly, I'm going to see God work. And that brings me great joy because I choose today to say, this is God's day, right? Let's say it. You ready? Try it again. This day belongs to the Lord. Let's celebrate and be glad today. Some folks will ask me, they'll say, Pastor, you, you always seem up, right? How come you're always up? Well, I'll let you know the secret. I'm not always up, you know. I mean, some of you folks frustrate me, but, you know, <laughs> I'm honest. I'm honest here, you know. But, but you know what? Even, even when you do that, you know what? I just kind of step back from that and I say, you know what? They, they say, Pastor, how come you're always up? Here's the answer. Why not? Because God's still in charge. Right? Why, why would I let all that other stuff of frustration in the world capture me for the day when I can simply say, you know what, this is God's day. God's still in charge. This is the Lord's day. He owns the day. He owns my... This is the Lord's day. And if the Lord is in charge, my eternity is secure. I'm going to be glad. I'm going to be glad in this day. 
because I don't want to waste the day and miss the opportunity of letting God use my life and letting me experience God in this day. So it is a choice that we make today and every day to say, look, this is the Lord's day, and I'm going to choose to just have great joy today. Does that mean every day is going to be smooth, great, comfortable, and all that stuff? No, remember I said sometimes I get frustrated there, right? And the Bible warns us about that. John 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. What's the thief going to do? Not good stuff, right? See, that's like stealing your joy. The thief wants to steal your joy. It wants to trample on your joy. It wants to push your life back down to mundane. It wants you to be like everybody else in the world who doesn't know Christ. Just live in life and that's it. When God came in through the angels, He wanted great joy that lifts you up. The evil one wants to keep you down. And He's going to do things out there that's going to try to steal your joy. He wants to keep all of us in that boring place where we accomplish nothing for the presence of Christ in our life or anybody else's life. But we can choose to say, no way, this is the Lord's day. God is still in charge. And I choose today to know joy. And this is what God not only invites us to, this is what God asks and commands us to do. Let me give you one last thing. Philippians 4 is a great verse for us. Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. Every Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. If you didn't get it, if you don't understand it, if your ears are clogged, if you need to hear it one more time, rejoice. Do you think he's trying to get through to us? Now, what's really interesting is the Greek uh, behind that verse, the Greek word behind it for the verb is an imperative. What does that mean? It means it's a command. It's an imperative. It's a command. You see, God is saying to us, look, I have come into the world in my Son, Jesus Christ, so that you can live a life of great joy, 365. So do it. Right? He's saying, look, I came into the world to give you my Son, the most precious possession of the heavenly King. I came to give you my Son. And the angels proclaimed Him. So rejoice. Be glad in it. Every day, 365, great joy. I did all that, so do it. Rejoice. If you didn't get it, rejoice. Listen, rejoice. Have that great joy. He not only gives us the opportunity, but He gives us the command. And it all starts with angels. Angels who break into our world who give us this experience of possibility for that kind of joy, 365. If you didn't hear it from the angels, hear it one more time. But the angels said to them, Do not be afraid. That's where the world wants to keep you. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for you. For you this morning, right here, right now. Great joy. Joy, 365. Let's uncover it together this month together. Let's pray. Father, thanks. Thanks for your son. Boy, we just rejoice. We, we rejoice in knowing how much you love us. That we can just 
turn our lives over and, and, and let you set the path that we can uh, experience your presence just the wonder of feeling you work in our lives and your grace, your forgiveness, your love for us. And to know that uh, we can be your hands and feet and have that same joy pour out of us into other people's lives. Father, we ask this morning as we begin this journey towards great joy, help us. Help us to discover it, unwrap it this month. And never put it back on the shelf, but keep it open all the time, 365, that we can just know the joy of following you in Christ's name. We ask it and pray it. Amen.